This is our number two of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. This program is heard on 23 different radio stations throughout this, unfortunately, formerly great nation of ours each and every Sunday night. This is our number two, where we will focus on the many remarkable events of the Republican National Convention, which occurred this week in Cleveland. Before we do that, I do want to quickly revisit the selection of Tim Kaine as Hillary Clinton's vice presidential nominee, although I don't want to really get back into the discussion of whether it's a good thing or a bad thing that he knows how to speak some level of Spanish. Uh, Fluent, fluent. Let's just Man, clear that up right now. You have become so paranoid. It's un- I, I, I'm not paranoid. All right. I just compare apples and apples. No, and the, no, these are apples. The coverage that, is unbelievable. These are apples and oranges at best. Uh, speaking of oranges, he was in South Florida, which is why he uh, greeted the crowd in partial Spanish. Uh, I can't believe I'm now in the position of defending Democrats. Uh, I never. Well, no, they're clearly going to focus on Florida. Well, if they, well, that's that's where I'm going next with why Tim Kaine is important. Um, not very important, but somewhat important. It's obvious that what the Hillary campaign decided with Tim Kaine is that okay, uh, we've got the left totally taken care of because Bernie's on board. And there's no way they're going to vote for Trump because we got Obama on board. So we got Obama and Bernie to keep the far left in line. So we don't need to worry about them. So let's go with a relatively moderate and sane for a Democrat, uh, white guy, so that it doesn't look like we're out to get white guys, uh, a guy who looks like he could be your husband a wh- you know, for white suburban women, which is going to be a key demographic in this thing. So, you know, he looks like your your wussified husband to the white suburban housewife, and he's from Virginia. By the way, not just from Virginia. He was governor, mayor of Richmond. He's a senator. Ain't no way Hillary's losing Virginia now. I never thought she right. I, I I never thought she was. You're, you're from Virginia. You never thought she was. So yep. I'm, I'm a little bit confused as to why they thought, you know, they should – Lock up Virginia. But in locking up Virginia for sure, here's what this means. And I've been saying this for a year at least. Uh, well, maybe not a year for with Trump in particular, but close to a year. That Trump's only path, and this is not exaggeration or hyperbole, the only path for Trump to win means having to win all the Romney states, including North Carolina, which might be in Utah. In Utah, could be a problem. Arizona could be a problem. But you got to win all the Romney states. And it's interesting you mentioned Utah because I still believe that if Romney really wanted to F with Trump and he and he endorsed Gary Johnson, I don't think Trump wins Utah. I really don't. I, I Stay do, tuned. I, I don't. I do not believe that Trump would win Utah under those circumstances. But anyway. Yeah, oh, I don't either. But anyway, no. so, so the point here is that let's pretend he wins all the Romney states. North Carolina is going to be a problem, but let's give it to him just for the sake of argument. The only rational path for Trump, because Virginia is blocked off with mm-hmm. Kane, is Florida, Pennsylvania, and Ohio. And I've mm-hmm. told you for a long time with my two-minute conversation I had with Trump uh, backstage at the Today Pennsylvania Show. Pennsylvania loves him. Pennsylvania loves me. I'm I'm a god in Pennsylvania because I supported Joe Paterno in a tweet. I mean, that's 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 in his mind. Uh, and in retrospect, it's very clear he's always thought that Pennsylvania was going to be key for him because demographically, Pennsylvania does fit right in his wheelhouse. It's been famous, re- famously referred to as 
Pittsburgh and Philadelphia with Alabama in between. And you, you're in Alabama. You know, Alabama's Trump country. Oh, it's Trump, Trump territory. Trump yeah. territory. So, you know, it is theoretically possible for him to pull that off. Now, there's some problems, like the fact that he spent a good part of the campaign dissing not one but two Cuban Republican presidential candidates, and you desperately need the Cuban vote if you're a Republican yes. in Florida. So that's a problem. Problem number two with this theory is <laughs> you're currently feuding with and the governor of Ohio. Right, not just feuding with. You're threatening he didn't to show up. You're threatening to. You're threatening to spend ten million dollars to run a campaign against the currently popular sitting Republican governor of Ohio, yeah. who didn't even, yeah. as you referenced, bother to show up to the convention in his own state because he loathes you so much. That's a problem. Um, and Pennsylvania has been the, you know, the proverbial. Lucy taking away the football from Charlie Brown when he's about to kick it for the last like five or six presidential elections. Every- yeah, and let's not forget a little hanky on the fraudulent, uh, you know. Oh, there's a in Philadelphia. A little- yeah. yeah, a little wisp of perhaps. Well, no, I mean, some Phil- of that going on in Philadelphia. There's definitely hanky panky going on, and of course, that's where the Democrats are having their convention. So, you know, it's been inter- <laughs> it's been interesting to me that. Um, Maybe because they were having their convention in Philadelphia, they felt like, okay, we don't need to put much, many resources into Pennsylvania. But so far, the the biggest mistake I've seen from the Hillary campaign so far, from a strategic standpoint, is that there's no indication that they're taking Pennsylvania seriously. And they need to take... they know it's probably all in the... Machines. In the machines in Philadelphia. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, there's those. Like, hey, we got that one covered. <laughs> those machines in Philadelphia have been known to come up with some pretty funky numbers. I having they gr- have. having gr- having grown having grown up in the area. I, I know. Um, <laughs> uh, but I I think that that is a theoretic a theoretical possible inside straight as it's referred to mm-hmm. by Trump. Interestingly, I was thinking about this this week. This could be like the perfect ending to this insane upside down campaign where there's a there, there's at least a theoretical possibility that in Pennsylvania, Ohio and Florida, that Trump actually ends up benefiting from the fact that all three of those states have incumbent Republican senators running for re-election. How hilarious would it be that Mr. Anti-Establishment, Mr. I Hate the GOP, Mr. Little Marco, Mr. I Can't Stand Kasich, ends up being dragged to victory because enough Republicans show up in order to get Portman and and Rubio re-elected in in Ohio and in, in Florida, um, and in Pennsylvania, the same thing happens. That now, I'm not saying that's gonna happen, yeah. but but it's at least a theoretical possibility, which would be flipping hilarious. Uh, he would still then have to find a way to win North Carolina, which um, I think and is, is going to be difficult. I, I'm I'm setting Utah aside. Are you? Uh, no. What I mean by putting Utah aside is something Romney would really have to want to screw with Trump for for Utah to go. For Hillary or even for Johnson. Uh, now that's not saying that's not going to happen. I think that's that's quite possible. But the the point of all this is that the Kane VP pick really makes it abundantly obvious that the only states that are really going to matter here are Florida, 
Ohio, Pennsylvania, and North Carolina. And by the way, maybe they think Kane helps a little bit in North Carolina because Virginia obviously borders. So, oh, sure. So, you know, they, I think that they're putting all of their eggs, the Democrats are. Our convention is in Philadelphia. We got those machines locked up in, in Philadelphia. <laughs> so it really doesn't matter what the black turnout is in Philly. The Black Panthers. <laughs> right. We got them all lined up again. Right. Uh, we got Virginia. <laughs> Uh, and if we win North Carolina, nothing else matters. I mean, That's Trump right. can win Florida and Ohio. If he loses North Carolina and Virginia and Pennsylvania, it's over. Goodbye. See you later. Uh, and by the way, uh, he, even under that scenario, he could, lo- he could lose. Uh, I mean, Trump could actually end up winning Pennsylvania and still lose if he, lo- if he lost North Carolina. So anyway, the point of all this is that it's clear that Hillary and the Democrats are taking the safe route with Tim Kaine both from a political perspective as well as from an electoral college standpoint, that they they feel as if this is territory that's good for them. And, you know, on paper it is. And I'm someone who has been saying for all along, Trump can't win, Trump can't win. Uh, I do believe that by tomorrow morning, and I predicted this in my mediate column uh, Thursday night after Trump's uh, acceptance speech, I do predict that Trump will be ahead, quote-unquote, um, and that doesn't mean he's going to be at 50 percent. I think he'll probably be well, ahead of the convention. Right. Right. I mean, I mean that, and that would be unusual if he wasn't. But I think that tomorrow morning we're going to see polls with where Trump is up by at least a point two, maybe three, probably something in the 45, 42 range in the head to head matchup, something in that uh, vicinity. And then if Hillary has a, can- a convention, anything like what she should, it'll revert back to where it was at the beginning of August. And then we'll talk about what happens then next. But but all that being said, when we come back, I want to talk about the events of this past week at the Republican convention, because there are a lot of things that really do need to be discussed, uh, because, as usual, the conventional wisdom and the news media are wrong. And we'll try to correct that on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Now reviewing the many remarkable events of the Trumpiest convention in the history of the Republican Party. I want to start, Leah, with the, the first big controversy. We'll go in order of events, I guess. And that, of course, was the speech by Melania Trump, which was met with rave reviews when it first was given because... After all, she read the speech very well. She looked beautiful uh, because she's gorgeous. She's a model, for heaven's sakes. Uh, And she had never given a speech before, so the expectations were remarkably low. I mean, we were basically basically talking, as long as she spit out the words, didn't vomit on herself, and didn't plagiarize, everything was going to be just fantastic. Well, unfortunately, the last part of that was quickly uh, destroyed because... Within an hour or so of the end of the convention coverage, it became very, very obvious that uh, at least a couple of paragraphs uh, from the speech were blatantly plagiarized. Not just four lines. Leah, wasn't it? Wasn't it four lines? 
something like that. Yeah. I mean, okay. I don't, are you trying to say it doesn't matter because it's four lines or, or well, you said a couple of paragraphs and I, I mean, like when I saw the whole speech, it was, you know, four lines, I think. Okay. So that's, so that's okay now. Well, no, I'm just, I, I just wanted to clarify okay, four enough. lines, you right. know, okay. as opposed to. All right. But, but here's the thing. See, <laughs> I, and I heard all, and I predicted them. I predicted every excuse that the Trumpsters would come up with here, uh, and that was one of them. Oh, this is no big deal. No one, you know, wasn't that much, uh, or everyone does it, or, you know, uh, she's actually just honoring uh, Michelle Obama, which, of course, is kind of odd uh, to begin with. This was, here's the thing, and, and this happens all the time in these kerfuffles. The real issue got lost. I don't care that Melania Trump, uh, gave a speech where she plagiarized. Uh, that doesn't going to impact the the future of the country. Uh, and you know, when she's first lady, I doubt she's going to be given any policy speeches. So it it really doesn't make much difference to me at all from that standpoint. However, uh, I was bothered by a, a lot uh, of many aspects to this story. The first is how the Trump campaign handled this. Uh, first of all. Remember, Trump's supposed to be the guy who only hires the best people. Remember? Have you heard that maybe once or a thousand times? I'm only going to hire the best people. That's the, the bedrock of his entire campaign. Trust me. Believe me. I'm going to hire all the best people. Believe me. And it's that's these are the people that are going to take care of everything because I'm going to be CEO. Well, here he has his freaking wife in the most vulnerable position she's ever been in. She's nervous as hell. She's got a 30 million people watching her. National, international television audience. And he allegedly, if we were to believe the Trump campaign's current story, he doesn't even have someone good enough to make sure she doesn't get humiliated by clearly plagiarizing. And by the way, not just plagiarizing anybody. Plagiarizing Michelle Obama and plagiarizing Michelle Obama not just any place but plagiarizing Michelle Obama at a convention speech. This was not misdemeanor plagiarism. This was first grade felony plagiarism. And the campaign lied. No matter how you slice it, they lied about it. For two days, they said, oh, there was no plagiarism. No plagiarism. What? What plagiarism? What? And then all of a sudden, when they found a fall person, and I don't believe their cover story, when they found a fall person, oh, by the way, yeah, it was plagiarism, but it wasn't Melania's fault. And oh, by the way, Mr. You're Fired isn't going to fire anybody. Now, where am I wrong in all this, Leah? Uh, well, <clears throat> I don't care. You, you I don't be, care. You become the words that she used. Uh, let's see. Let's see. We're born. Uh, our word no. is our bond. Oh yeah. my God, that's terrible. You Here's why I'm upset. Because everyone made that the story when Hillary Clinton was destroyed, and that was the whole reason they went after her. Period. What? That was it. You 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 full on Trump nope, Trump that fever. That was it. Trump fever. No, I'm not. Nah, nah, nah. Oh, Free speech broadcasting word. network.
Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And Leah, before we move on from uh, the Melania Trump plagiarism controversy, which the Trump campaign, in my opinion, blew horrifically, turning what should have been a very minor story into a two-and-a-half-day affair where they forced every single one of their surrogates to blatantly and obviously lie, basically define. I do agree that the cover-up, these people haven't learned that the cover-up is always worse than the crime. Well, that's exactly how I started my column on Melania's plagiarism for Mediate, uh, which you can check out if you just Google John Ziegler and Melania Trump. I'm sure it'll come right up there for you. Uh, so there, there are many aspects to this that bother me, the way the campaign handled it, the fact that it was Orwellian, you know, just denying the obvious truth that there was plagiarism. I absolutely believe, by the way, and I cannot prove this, I believe that the person who took the fall, the speechwriter that no one's ever really heard of, the ghostwriter. Had writer, nothing to do with it. I don't think she had anything to do with it. Because <laughs> I think if there was somebody other than Melania who was responsible, I think Trump would have fired their ass. Uh, because I think Trump would have been humiliated in front of his wife. And that, uh, you know, if it was anybody other than Melania who was to blame, unless, of course, Melania didn't want that person to be fired, which I guess is possible as well. But but this is a huge part of this guy's narrative. Mr. You're fired. Mr. I'm going to shake things up. I'm not going to accept incompetence. I'm going to get rid of the the bad people. I'm going to hire only the best. Well, that whole. Yeah, but I mean, we've seen even on the uh, on the show that he was on, he's weak when it comes to firing. Yeah, you know, the celebrity apprentice. Well, he's weak. Right. On, he's weak on a lot and of he things. Fired he, the wrong people. <laughs> well, he made Arsenio Hall and Piers Morgan the celebrity apprentice. Uh, right there, I, I question his judgment quite a bit. I used to watch that show all the time, and I thought, yes. wow, this guy's a moron. Uh, you know, but you know, it was good ratings, I guess. So that's I think all that matters. Popularity. Matter. Well, yeah, he, he clearly he's very good at determining what's good for ratings. Although oddly, his speech didn't do particularly well in the ratings. We'll get to that shortly. But I just before we leave Melania. Right. Leah, now I've got one more statement after yours. Go ahead. Well, that's fine. Because what's concerning me, Leah, among many aspects of this whole Trump sanity, is that, um, you know, I used to think that we had some standards on our side that were different than the other side, that we had some principles. Uh, there is, uh, it's amazing to me that for Donald Trump, we are now willing to just completely toss aside, oh, it's okay to blatantly plagiarize. And by the way, completely forget about the fact you're plagiarizing Michelle freaking Obama. This is the enemy. This well, is that's the, the thing. The, that's the worst part uh, of anything. I, well, that got completely lost on our side. Like, wait a minute. No one's concerned that she admires Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama. And by the way, similar to that. No one is worried that Ivanka Trump was basically quoting Hillary Clinton in her speech in, in introducing her father numerous times, not in a plagiarized way, but in a I'm a New York City liberal sort of way. So we got his favorite kid is a is a lefty. His wife admires Michelle Obama. He's a lifelong Democrat who's given money to Hillary. The Clinton Foundation praised her after Benghazi, invited Bill and Hillary to his third wedding, and was laughing up a storm with them there, called Bill for advice before he decides to run for office. And this doesn't concern anybody on our side? You know what? I think it, I think it does. I think here is the deal. The reason why this didn't I could care less about this because it's not about them, okay? 
What? It's about, I don't, does me focusing on this stupid story it's not a stupid help story. or hurt Hillary Clinton get elected? Well, but, All I care about is uh, her well, not being you're, elected. You're giving because up. You're, you're, you're the one that's been talking about hypocrisy all night long. No, but long. listen. But, you're being uh, a massive hypocrite because if okay, a Democrat did this. Let me just finish. Let me just, <sighs> let me just finish. I have come to the brutal, brutal realization. Conservatism is dead. It's not happening. The people holding out for the quote-unquote principles, have you looked around? Have you seen what's going on in the Senate? Have you seen what's happening? You only get a horrific choice and a choice that's just a little less horrific. So we're gonna That's s- where we are. I get what you're saying, but we're going to sell everything out. Including the fact that it's okay. To I didn't plagiarize. sell everything. Out. I didn't vote for this guy. Okay. Well, th- where we are right now is you're you're saying plagiarism doesn't matter. No, where I'm, oh, what I am now is saying matter. is plagiarism more important than Hillary Clinton winning so, so, the presidency. So, so you're willing to ignore anything the Trump campaign does, no matter what they lie about, no matter what they are forcing us to defend. It doesn't matter. So you you believe that he could shoot someone in Fifth Avenue, and as long as he prevents Hillary from from winning the presidency, it's all okay. okay. That's All where right. that's where you are. Come on this. to me when that happens. Well, and then we'll see. Leah, I don't think Leah, that's ever going to happen. Leah. But plagiarism, come on, Zig, back off. That's too little of a thing really? with what we're facing really? in this country. Plagiarism. So words don't matter. Truth doesn't matter. Honor doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Nothing okay. matters in the Trump world. Nothing. Everything is defensible because. Hillary, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. That's the bottom line. Hillary. You like Hillary better than Donald Trump. I don't. I don't want Hillary Clinton near. Leah, Leah, this garbage that you're throwing out here that somehow I'm a Hillary supporter. I am somebody whose first documentary film was a full-on anti-Clinton film. My name is in the credits of the famous Citizens United anti-Hillary Clinton movie. I I despise the Clintons with every fiber of my being. But you despise the Trumps more, whereas I'm the other way around. No, 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 hold on a second. The difference, what, what, what I'm having a very difficult time understanding is, what the hell is the difference that we've sold everything out to get? We've got. This I guy, didn't. This, hey, I didn't vote for this guy. You, you're you're but selling. What am it, I supposed to do? You're, you're selling it out now. You're selling. No, I'm not. I sell it out if I don't vote against no, 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 Hillary no, Clinton. You, you haven't proven to me, and no one has, that this guy is any better in any shape or form. That's than, true. Than Hillary Clinton. That so, is complete. Hey, I will give you that. So, I will 100% give you that. So but then I'm going to tell you this: the devil I know is so bad, I'm ready to take a shot over here. So wait a minute, you're going to go with the devil you don't know. That's right, over because the devil there's you do. no oh, way it okay. can be as bad as Bo- the one I do know. Baloney.
Baloney. It could be so There's much no worse. Way. It could be no so way. much worse. Because no, he's got Jeff Sessions on his side. Oh, he's got we, at least look. At least he's got the GOP. Uh, no. They at least know what they're doing uh, well, well, in foreign well, policy. Well, no. Look at what's happened with Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama and how they've set the entire Middle East on fire. Yeah. They want refugees that are blowing themselves up right okay. now as we speak okay. in Germany. Okay. They want open borders. She wants to make everybody a citizen. I am done. Give me him. I don't care. What can he do that could be worse? Um, let's see. He could make it so that Russia knows that we won't uh, adhere to our NATO agreements and back That's up any of— That's already been done with Barack uh, Obama. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, oh, really? Which, which NATO well, nation got invaded? Let's see. Which There's NATO the nation— red line hold on. with Syria. No, hold on a second. The which... reset button with Hillary. You know what, Leah? Leah, you, but, you, you've become completely Trumpified. You, you, you've I'm lost, not a Trump. You've lost what have your, I said you, about Donald you, Trump? You've lost your brain. You, you, you are, we are going to give up everything for a guy who is so a you, Democrat. He so, is a, I know. And Look. He, but, but hold on. Hold on a second. This is, this is really important because you and I got in a big fight on Twitter this week because you said that my statements about Donald Trump are based in me being, quote, invested in him losing. And right. that is that is the most absurd and most insulting thing that anybody who I thought knew me could possibly ever say. I'm somebody who has lived their entire life doing things against my own self-interest that I thought were right. To use a perfect example, couldn't be more perfect. Yeah, I was in literally invested for a while in Sarah Palin's success. My home I currently live in was built on money from a movie I made starring her. And I stood with her longer than I should have because of that investment. But, but against my own self-interest, as soon as I knew for sure that she had sold out to stay famous and become rich and was doing so in a way that was going to harm the cause of defeating Barack Obama in 2012. As soon as I knew that, I went out there in the biggest way I possibly could, burn that bridge to the ground. I against, remember. Against my own self-interest because I needed people to know what Sarah Palin was up to. And I suffered greatly for that. Had I not done that, my life would be totally different right now. I would probably be one of the top people at Breitbart.com, although I probably would have gotten fired over the whole Trump thing. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> a whole other story. My whole life would be different right now had I not done that. You have oh, four hold, years hold invested in Sandusky. Oh, I mean, a, you can't walk away from that. Oh, Leah, Look at the time that Leah, you've invested. Leah, Leah, I'm not so, talking sorry, money, sorry, sorry, Ziggler. Sorry. Are you saying that I'm wrong? Your life. You, Leah, Leah, whoa. There's a difference between being devoted something to something because you know you're right and believing what you believe because of this word that you used, invested. The Penn State story is a perfect example. I went on national freaking television on the Today Show in the 735 slot with Matt Lauer, and I declared him guilty after interviewing him in prison. Uh, in front of millions of people, that's about as invested in something as you can possibly get. Then right. I re then I realized I was wrong after I know. after spending a year and a half investigating it for free, for free, threatening my career, my marriage. My, I know, uh, every, I know. Okay, hold on. But so the, I am the last person on the planet. 
that, that regard, even if we weren't friends, even if we didn't work together, that anybody can possibly say his opinions are based upon the fact that he is invested in invested an outcome. Invested as far as your life, Ziggler. What, Not no, money. All no, your time. No, the trips. No, your marriage. That, everything. That doesn't make me wrong. Because no, I, but you're invested. No, 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 no. That's what you said. You can't was, just walk away. What? No. What you're? <laughs> what you? Leah, this is not a tough concept. What you said was that my opinions on Trump are dictated by the fact that I'm invested in him losing because I have predicted that he would lose. If I That's thought, not what if, I said. if I, yes, it is. But what if what I if if I thought if I thought that Donald Trump was for sure. Better than Hillary Clinton, for sure, if I knew that. And you know what? I'm I'm even willing to say I could still be theoretically convinced of that. I doubt it. But if, if I was convinced that Donald Trump was better than Hillary Clinton, I would be thrilled to be wrong about my prediction that I have made numerous times that Trump cannot beat her. I would be the first person to say, you know what? Fan fantastic because at least we'll be able to get a better judge than what we would to replace Stanton and Scalia if Hillary won. Because I do believe that Trump would probably be forced, although who the hell knows what he would do once he got elected, he would probably be forced to put, give us a better judge than what Hillary would. So that alone would be worth it. And if I if I had confidence that Trump could handle the job and was remotely qualified and wouldn't sell us out and isn't really a liberal Democrat in disguise, I would be thrilled to admit I was wrong. But the idea that you could say uh, in public, in public, that, that I am, I, my opinions are based upon my investment, whether it's emotional, financial, or whatever, in, in a particular outcome, is flat out ridiculous. There's not a person on the planet whose record on, on going against their own self-interest and changing their minds when, they, when the, the evidence indicates that they should, it is better than mine. I would put my record up against Anybody, and the fact that you don't see that as somebody who knows me as well as you do, I, I was I insulted. Say, I, I was insulted. I'm saying that your entire life, Ziggler, online is all about destroying Donald Trump. No, no, it's How about, about telling... we try to destroy Hillary Clinton You're... for a change? I have no... I mean, uh, everyone, Leah, Leah. the whole media right. is out to... Right. Okay, hold on. There's a lot of things. I, I, I want to finish this up, which we'll do when we come back. Then we got to get to Ted Cruz and conscience and what Trump did the next day. All that coming up on the John and Leah show. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And I want to I want to put to bed, hopefully, although I doubt this is going to put it to bed, but I at least want to clear the air on this very important issue of how Leah and I differ in how we look at this presidential campaign, because obviously, you know, we're going to continue doing this through for the next several months. And I think it's important that we understand where each other are coming from, as well as the audience at very least understands where I'm coming from because I understand, I am fully aware that most people who listen to talk radio are not going to agree with me on this. Um, and, and the idea that I'm not being sincere or, or basing my opinions on what I truly believe. And somehow I'm, I'm influenced by being emotionally invested in an outcome is insulting and wrong. And, and, I, and, and here's the, what I believe Leah is the, 
the key disconnect. I see this race as two Democrats running against each other, okay? One of whom is not qualified for the job. And that person who's not qualified for the job, either temperamentally or from an experiential standpoint, is Donald Trump. Now, I despise Hillary. I disagree with her almost on anything. But at the very she's least... She's not qualified either. She's messed up every single I, thing she's okay. done. I, again, if you I mean, let, that's not qualified. If you let me finish, she's at least theoretically qualified for the position. She at least knows where the where the bathrooms are. Uh, and and I, I also don't think she's a complete maniac. I believe that Donald Trump very likely is... A complete sociopath. A sociopath is what his, his own ghostwriter refers to him. The guy who wrote Art of the Deal refers to him as a sociopath. This is the guy who wrote his book, The Art of the Deal, the, the, the greatest book ever written, according to Donald Trump. So, look, I look at this race as two Democrats. It's just that one is perceived, misperceived as a Republican because... The conservative media duped enough people because it was in their self-interest to have him be believed as a Republican because they made a whole lot of money from the ratings that he brought them. So that that's how I view this race. I understand that people view it differently. And I am fully open-minded to changing my mind. And if I thought he could win, and I thought for sure he was better, Leah, this investment you're talking about, I would toss aside in a heartbeat because it scares the living daylights out of me that my daughter, four years old, is going to have to grow up in a world dictated by Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. That it's not what I want, but but at least I got to have somebody who I think is is not going to cause World War Three. Has a clue? Cool. What, what is? Are it? you seeing what Hillary has done? Oh, That's the disconnect, John. Hillary and Barack Obama have torched the Middle East. They're running guns. They're killing Gaddafi. What in the world are you saying? This is the disconnect. Yeah, all right. Hillary voted for the Iraq War, which was the right decision. Trump is lying about being against the Iraq War, which is a lie. And indicates to me he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Well, okay, I mean that so, was 2002. Uh, Hillary sorry. Clinton just did this. Right. Did just did what? Just completely screwed up everything uh, that was on its way uh, to okay. being fixed, right. along with Barack Obama. Uh, okay. Anyway, look, here's the deal. Um, the way I'm going to view this thing going forward is I'm going to call it like I see it. Uh, and I will, and it's the notion, by the way, that somehow because I'm a conservative talk radio host and a columnist, that I that I can influence an election by ripping on Hillary, and the fact that I don't rip on Hillary as much as I rip on Trump is somehow me seeding her the election is just completely it's just flat out ridiculous because i have no influence over an election rush limbaugh has no influence over an election sean hannity has no influence over an election nobody in this fragmented world has any influence nobody my wife doesn't even listen to me she's gonna vote for trump you're gonna vote for trump my, my co-host and my wife couldn't care less what my opinions are on this so i'm just telling the truth because that's what i do i tell the truth on everything, regardless of whether or not it is in my self-interest to do so or not. The idea that I'm influencing an election is ridiculous. 
Okay, Ziggler. Let me just say, everybody that's on Ziggler's, uh, you know, Twitter feed, in no way was I trying to say or imply or outright state that he is changing his opinion to benefit himself financially, emotionally, whatever. I think I made a misstatement uh, when I used the word invested. Uh, and Ziggler and I almost came to an end over it. And so let me just say, I never thought that, Ziggler. Okay. I, Fair enough. And, and my point is, the only thing I care about is defeating Hillary Clinton. And I respect That's that. It. And I respect that. And I'm and thank you for saying what you did. And now the air is cleared. And now when we come back, we're going to talk about Ted. We're going to talk about Ted Cruz. <laughs> On the three And speech. Butcher Conscience. <laughs> 